Hey, I'm Jake Horowitz. I play Everett in The Vast of Night, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Man, I wish we had a hair and makeup department, because this beard is out of total control. This is a Thinking Outside the Long Box interview. Hey everybody, Gabe here, and of course, you're in for another Thinking Outside the Long Box interview. So today we're going to be talking to Danny Hedlund. Danny is uh, the founder of the literary nonprofit uh, Brink Literacy Project. Uh, it used to be called Tethered by Letters. She does all sorts of stuff to help people become literate, like literally going into <laughs> literally <laughs> going into prisons and like helping uh, people learn how to read by using comic books and you know just what she calls easier access reading. So Danny is super engaging. You guys are going to love this interview that we have. We're going to talk about the literary tarot, her wildly successful Kickstarter that is pairing uh, tarot cards with classic literature. Enjoy the interview, guys. <laughs> hey, Danny, how are you doing today? Just want to welcome you to the show. And yeah, how's your day going so far? <laughs> It's been good. I mean, we're in the middle of a Kickstarter, so I'm hilariously sleep deprived and consuming more coffee than food. But other than that, who can complain? Sound, sounds pretty normal to me. Like, that's yeah. kind of just how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny, tell us a little bit about uh, the literary tarot. Like, you know, what are all the moving parts to like the finished product before we get into the Kickstarter? Oh, yeah, of course. So the literary tarot brings in some of the greatest living storytellers and they choose a classic that they love and they pair it with a tarot card that kind of embodies the same sort of themes. And then I have this incredible team of five illustrators across the globe and they bring each of them to life. We package them together in a cute little book box and there's this great little guide that tells you what the cards mean from these amazing authors, beautiful scrawling pens. So that's the whole project. That's awesome. So, you know, you have some really big artists and writers like paired into this. Who are some of the people that you've, you know, been the most excited to or the most surprised that they wanted to work on the project with you? This is a great question. Um, when we went into it, there was a couple celebrities that we knew already really loved us and kind of followed us all over the place anyway. So, that's kind of your Lev Grossman, your Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, people I knew I could call up and be like, hey, the nonprofit's doing a really weird fundraiser. Like, we'd <laughs> love for you to come in. But what I hadn't anticipated was just how they would activate their like celebrity phone trees and be like, oh, God, I'm into this. Do you know who else would be into this? So I thought we'd have maybe like five to 10 really big names. And then the rest would, we kind of pull from our emerging author roster, but instead it's just 78 of the biggest names I can conceptualize. So, uh, God, I remember when Margaret Atwood came on, I was having brunch with my partner and I read the email when I clearly should have been listening to him talk to me about his job. And then I was just <laughs> like doing this weird, awkward 14 year old girl Yelp dance in the middle of, you know, someone trying to give me eggs. So that was really exciting. Um, we have so many of my favorite comic writers that came on, which has just been, oh, like, I just, I look over at my desk of like, you know, East of West and Wicked and the Divine and being like, oh, those badasses are also pairing tarot cards. So with some of the writers that you work with that are also uh, artists and things like that, 
have they done the art for the cards as well? Or is that uh, been worked on by like an individual? Like, tell me a little bit about the art on the cards. Yeah, of course. So there is a team of five artists. Um, three of them have been with me for years. They're actually illustrators for Friction, which is the big art and um, literature anthology we put out. And then I ended up bringing on two brand new people, um, Shannon and Isabel, who are just incredible because I wanted to make sure that all the cards felt consistent, that they looked the same. So everyone's style is very comic booky, but it's also very illustrative. So I wanted to make sure all the cards would have their own identity, but still, you know, go together instead of, as we all know, as comic book um, readers, you know, there's always an issue where they bring in a bunch of guest artists. And even if the art's good, we're just pissed. Like we're just not (laughs) ready to see new art. So I really wanted to circumvent that and make sure everything was consistent. But my team is incredible. They're super diverse. They're diverse not only in the big things we care about in the industry, like sexual orientation and race, but they're also hugely diverse in the level they are in the industry. I have people that are doing, you know, covers for D&D. And then I have Isabel, who has never had a professional gig before. Like, this is the first time someone, like a company has given her money for art. So it's (laughs) a really fun sort of range of really great people. That's awesome. You know, it's it's cool to see like bigger organizations like embrace like smaller artists and smaller writers. Like that's that's really interesting to me because, you know, without that kind of support of independent artists, like a, a lot of them just get swept under the rug. You know, I have a lot of friends that are writers and artists and they just feel completely ignored because they can't get that first job. So that's that's really, really cool. And since, I mean, our entire nonprofit, for anyone not familiar with Brink, our whole thing is helping people get a leg up. So it's everything from going into underserved communities like Max Security Prisons, which are my favorite programs to teach. Man, I love prison. But it's also being like, oh, are you a new comic artist or a new writer and your mommy and daddy don't own Penguin? How else are you going to get into the industry? So like our literary journal has all those big names in it, but the real bread and butter is the debuts that come out each time, is the intermediate authors that are getting those first sort of really essential publishing credits so they can actually queer for representation. So like our whole shindig is pretty much elevating marginalized and emerging voices. So we'd be really terrible hypocrites if we didn't do it with our tarot campaign. Right. You know, I woke up this morning and there's several sentences that I never expected to hear. And one of them was, I love prison. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, if you want to come into prison with us, I'm telling you, you're going to love it too. Like we (laughs) took a killing joke into a classroom full of, you know, People who have lived things like the killing joke, man, people cry. We can't hug each other. So we all make this awkward hand gesture like, oh, you're crying. Hug. (laughs) That's awesome, man. So (laughs) you have Margaret Atwood, who is this massive feminist writer that has created, you know, not just like The Handmaid's Tale, but all these other things that are very vocally anti-established Christian, okay? And then you also are doing this giant project that's about tarot, and that's also, like, a big taboo in that particular community. Have you seen, like... I just saw a post yesterday about how Cruella DeVille is evil, and the new DeVille movie is evil and satanic because her name 
you know, is spelled devil. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> well, welcome to 50 years ago when 101 Dalmatians came out. But, like, have you received, like, blowback, weird emails? Like, has anybody just been weird about it to you? Because I, I feel that's like a new, the new satanic panic is ascending right now. Yeah, I, to be honest, I was really prepared for it. Um, I've had across the 14 years I've run this nonprofit, I'm always surprised when people will just get just super offended. Um, a few years ago, we put out a taboo issue of friction. There's a naked woman on the cover. And I had like a five hour fight with Barnes and Noble about like how much of her areola I could show and they wouldn't pull it from the uh, shelves. And I lost actual donors and board members over the issue because it was like, oh, you know, we shouldn't be talking about like how difficult it is to come out in the 60s or like we shouldn't talk about what it's like to be sold into the sex trade. I'm like, literally, our journal is called Friction. It's supposed to piss you off. It's the whole point to increase critical thinking and to engage. So I've had a long career of just people being mad at me and I was really, really prepared for it. And I didn't get a single angry message from anyone. <laughs> like awesome. the most anger I saw was Margaret Atwood did a really great post about how excited she was to be involved. And one of her followers just commented, was like, oh, Margaret, I usually love everything you do. But like, wait, like this, this occult thing you're on is just very dubious. Literally the only comment I've seen where it's like, nah, man, stay away from tarot. You're definitely going to go down the devil's way. <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll be using Ouija boards and then we'll need an old priest and a young priest. Like, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. All of my students in prison are going to be there for like sacrificing their neighbors. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, this, this is a, this is a super inventive project. Like it's not something that I would have ever thought to do where, you know, where did this idea come from? Like what spawned this particular idea? Well, it was actually a lot of really weird sort of factors coming together. Um, Cause we can't talk about anything other than COVID. Let's bitch about COVID. Yeah. COVID was really shitty, um, <laughs> particularly for nonprofits that work in the art and um, like education sphere. Most of our foundational money was like suddenly snatched away and moved towards medical, which makes right. really good sense. But it's also like, oh, well, how am I going to do my job now? <laughs> and usually we have like big fancy fundraising galas where everyone like straps into corsets and like really pretends to care about people, but is mostly drunk. Mm-hmm. And that was our entire financial model. And on top of that, our money came from Barnes and Noble. Like we sold really well there and Barnes and Noble closed down and then removed all of their newsstands indefinitely. So over the summer, my COO and I were just like, well, is this like the end of days for Brink? It stayed alive for 13 years. Maybe it's the, the number 13. Like, oh God, can we not survive this? But then weird things started happening. Like we published our very first tarot story from a debut writer And it's this incredible, like, mystery told entirely through Yelp reviews. Oh, it's so great. And I was like, oh, I don't know anything about tarot, but, like, this story is super fucking interesting. And then a really good friend of ours, Seven, ran this very successful campaign on Kickstarter for tarot, made, like, 130000 And I was like, geez, 130000 is a gala. Like, let's start thinking about this. But again, with all these forces, it still wasn't my idea. My partner just randomly over dinner was like, oh, you don't know about tarot? I just have a tarot deck. And then because we're dating, when he read my tarot, it started a terrible fight. Um, But at the (laughs) end of the terrible fight, he was like, you know what? This is the stuff you love. It's storytelling. It's art. You should just make a tarot deck. But like, 
make it literary. You know, like the lovers could be Romeo and Juliet and the tower could be Cthulhu. And then he just forgot about it and went to do the dishes. And I just remember sitting there at the table and being like, God damn it, that man and his stupid, brilliant ideas is a great idea. <laughs> uh, but we thought we'd do it all in-house, like all the editors, because um, we have like 50 volunteer editors, would do the pairings. Um, but it got to a point where I was like, we shouldn't try to like do research on 78 classics when I could just go to the people that know them best. So this project I thought would be really manageable escalated to why don't you manage 78 celebrities at the same time? (laughs) That doesn't sound like it's super simple to do. I'm guessing it's a lot like the proverbial herding cats. (laughs) And I mean, mostly like I went into literature because I'm socially awkward. I wanted to be Hemingway without the shotgun. So the fact that like now my day-to-day life is just full like oh i'm gonna talk to 78 of you today okay then sorry that joke really caught me that was really good feel free to steal it i I plan on it so you know i'm sure you get asked like what your favorite pairing is and all that stuff fairly regularly in these interviews and i i probably will ask that in a little bit but i got really like i got really obsessed with did you learn a lot about like tarot and readings and like the symbolism behind the cards and things like that as you were working on this project? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, before this idea kind of, um, I'm going to say fell on my desk, but clearly my partner just said it to me and then I stole it. (laughs) Um, That was in October, November. And I didn't know anything about tarot. Like I didn't even know a tarot deck had been mysteriously living on my board game shelf. So in order to do it right, like I knew that my team knew literature really well, and I was very confident that we could astutely talk about those themes. But the last thing I wanted to do was to go into an like an entirely new community and be like, hey, I don't know anything about what you're doing. What if I shove this down your throat? Like, that's clearly not going to work. If prison taught me anything, not the right approach. (laughs) So we just formed a team of advisors that had been tarot readers for a long period of time. I started to do Zoom conferences with like witch covens all over the place. And I just just learned it like it was a study. And I've got to say, it was interesting because I started out really skeptical. Like, oh, I'm learning this thing that all of these like, you know, floofy, non-concrete people believe in. But as I started to get into it, I realized it's the same sort of love that I feel about storytelling. Like the best thing about books is I identify with the characters. I see the choices they make. I see the negative personality traits and the positive. And I apply that to my own life. And that's really what tarot is. Like you draw out a card, you try to make really astute observations about your own life and you try to do it better. And that's pretty beautiful. It's really interesting because, like, Carl Jung talks a lot about, like, how, like, the the archetypes and the tarot match together. And he actually created his own tarot deck. And in a lot of ways, it's like a form of, like, self-therapy because you're analyzing the symbols, but you're analyzing, like, in relation to yourself or to somebody else that you know pretty closely and you're trying yeah. to like find the connections and find the ways that you can like better yourself basically through self-analysis like it's it's super super fascinating how it works yeah so. I definitely agree and I think a lot of the obstacles for like people getting into tarot is just I mean there's 78 cards and it's hard to like memorize them to do an effective reading and I've noticed that 
like when I do readings now, it's so it's so much easier for me to connect something I already understand, which is the literary side to the cards. So say I draw something really iconic, like the fool. And I'm like, okay, instead of like racking my brain for what that means, I see Pat Rothfuss pairing of Don Quixote. And I'm like, oh, okay. I really see the levels of idealism and, you know, fighting for, for something great with like so much passion. It's almost idiotic. And the negative side of that, of, you know, delusionally fighting windmills. And so I can instantly emotionally understand it. And I think that adds a lot and breaks down a lot of those barriers. Do you think for somebody that's like unfamiliar with tarot that like this pairing with literature, like you say, would would open up like just kind of a new way of thinking, not only about the literature, but also about like the the more like, you know, psychoanalytical sides of like the tarot deck? Oh, absolutely. Um, I also I think it kind of does it both ways. Like not only do we take our literary knowledge and we apply it into the deck. But I think the deck has been really helpful on me thinking about the literary pairings. Um, so like Kelly Sue DeConnick, who is amazing. She's one of the authors that paired backwards. Like she draws a card every day. So she was like, Danny, I really identify with the King of Swords. I want to do that card. And she paired it with Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, which is the only memoir so far. But the really interesting thing about that is that, that leader, um, you know, he ruled... Rome as this huge stoic believer in peace during one of the most tumultuous times where Rome like couldn't stop catching itself on fire. And thinking about the tarot pairing of the king where it's kind of torn between using your heart and using your head and how your head can make you cruel, I can see it perfectly. Like him so desperately attempting to keep control and stick to his ideals, but being like, all right, they're literally, you know, setting my people on fire. I need to come down hard. And that just really makes me get the card and it really makes me get the literature. That's cool. It's, it's a really, it's a really interesting, like, it, it, the whole concept is really fascinating to me. Like I'm, I was really excited when I saw the interview um, coming up. Like I, I, I love this, this concept of like taking something that's so old and like, so like iconic, like most people, when they see a tarot card, know if they don't understand it, they at least like know what it is, you know? Yeah. And so to take like these ideas and these archetypes that are so iconic and then to also pair them with like iconic literature, I think brings like a really broad understanding to like the whole project. So it, it's super, super cool to me. Oh, thanks. Don't you <laughs> yeah. wish it was both of our ideas instead of us stealing it from some random person in the kitchen? I don't remember you saying that at all. You're right. We came up with that yeah, right now. Absolutely. This yeah, is. We're so smart. So speaking of coming up with things right this second, how has the Kickstarter been going? <laughs> Honestly, it's been um, it's been kind of mind blowing. To be fair, yeah. I like I said, like our inspiration for doing it was just like, can we make enough to cover a gala? Um, so I was like, God, if we can just walk away with a hundred thousand profit, like I can run a whole year of programming in a max security prison with that. So when we made that in the first like five hours, uh, <laughs> it was really shocking. And to be honest, I still haven't really cognized it. It all seems really fake. <laughs> I'm going to wake up and people are going to be like, actually, nah, you, you raise like $25,000 and you're all unemployed. And I'm going to be like, okay, that like, makes sense. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. I uh, I just started watching this YouTuber and, you know, I had gone back into his catalog and he very recently did like the explosion from like a thousand to like a hundred thousand. Yeah. So like watching him, it was very similar where he's like, you know, I don't really know what's happening anymore. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is insane. So that has to be a very similar feeling. It's, it's incredibly successful. Like, obviously it's going to go to print and all of the things that, that you set your goals for, you know, how, you know, you, you've mentioned like, you know, funding like prison outreach stuff. And what are some of the other things that, that Brink is going to use these funds for? Like once, once everything's said and done. Oh man, this, I mean, obviously we're not trying to get like too far ahead of ourselves. So my COO and I are like, don't dream too big, like wait till the money comes in. Right. But um, there's a couple of programs we're running right now that I'm really excited about. Um, obviously the prison stuff is super cool. We go in with comics. We use it as a way to like court low literacy and reluctant readers, but more than anything, we're going in and trying to change the stories that people tell about themselves when you go into a population like that, like their, their whole lives, they've been told they don't matter, that nothing they do will ever amount to anything. And we really use storytelling to try to change that. So they write their own graphic memoirs and then we get them illustrated and it's so fucking great. Um, so that is super cool. I'm super excited about it. We also run um, all of these programs for emerging talent. So for the 10,000 submissions we receive a year, we give free edits on every single one. So an author can really know where they are actually grounded. Like, oh, is like, am I getting rejected? Cause I'm like, you know, 5% off. Or am I getting rejected? Cause this is the worst thing that's ever been written and I should become an accountant. Like we really try to create that sort of flashlight in the darkness. But we also run really great comic incubators. Comics, in um, as I'm sure you know, it's one of the most difficult creative industries to break into. Um, unlike novels where you can get shorter work published to prove you're good enough to an agent, there's not really an outlet for short comics because they're really expensive and no one's stupid enough to do them, except for us. And we are so <laughs> stupid. So we incubate brand new creatives all the way from like, here's my pitch to here's my final script. And we teach them to format it so they can get hired by DC and Marvel. And we get them illustrated and they're so great, but it's so expensive, but totally worth it. Um, I also would love to pay our creatives a little bit more on the publishing side. We're running this amazing Friction in the Classroom program where this our great books are taught in universities and low-income high schools. The point is we have a lot of ideas and we're very excited. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's cool to, it's cool to watch people that are clearly passionate about like their project, just be passionate about it. Like we talk on the show all the time about no matter how like shitty a movie is or like an album is like somebody spent a ton of time working on it and absolutely nothing about this project looks bad. Like the art looks incredible. The lineup looks incredible. The story selections look incredible. Like I, I absolutely can't wait to, to see the finished product. Um, you have as the as we're recording this right now you have 18 days left on the kickstarter i'm not sure exactly when the video will come out so you know but it has been very successful what are some of your like what are some ideas that maybe have been kind of gestating outside of this project because like when you do something really successful like this it it makes new ideas for new projects bubble up? What are some of the things that have come to mind since you started working on this? That's a really astute observation. Um, this has been a really big kind of 
I'm going to say game changer, but I'm sound like such an asshat saying it. This is going to be a game changer for the way that we think about the organization. Um, for example, I've been running this nonprofit since I was 19. And since I was 19, I deeply thought that I knew what people needed and I should give it to them. And I really thought people needed books. But this is by far the, the best campaign we've ever run. Like we run one for friction every year. And if it breaks 30,000, we are just so pleased. And this has been the first campaign where I was like, okay, let me like evaluate the market. What do people want? And then can, can I kind of take that love and turn it into something else? So it's really great that we've moved like 8,000 decks so far, but also people are like buying friction on the back end. So friction is now at like this campaign is now our best friction campaign. And it's not even about friction. Mm. So if our entire shtick as nonprofit people is to be like, we want to reinvigorate the storytelling experience. That's why we do everything in art. That's why we do comics. I need to stop just thinking of words on the page like how tarot is such a cool way to engage with storytelling. What are other really cool ways for me to engage with storytelling that A, are more marketable? Great. So we can have some money to do some stuff with, but also the kind of think out of the box. And when I started the company, I was a teenager. Like I, I think I thought creatively then, but now I'm like a middle-aged woman and I'm still like, do we need more books? Sure we do. So it's been a really nice <laughs> reminder to be like, okay, like, reevaluate everything we're doing. Like what's, I hate to sound like an old person, but like what are the cool people into? So I think every year, instead of doing a stupid gala for people that don't care, I'd love to put out something that engages storytelling in a cool way. Maybe that's another tarot deck. Our celebrities have just formed like a secret group they don't think I know about to talk about which cards they'll take next year for a deck we haven't even said we're going to make. Um, but we're also just kind of like looking around our bookshelves and our game shelves and being like, hey, what's really cool in here that people get excited about? How can we use literature as a really great way to bring that into the forefront? So the point is, I'm going to stop being so old and stodgy and start thinking of cool things. <laughs> I'm always trying to think of cool things and my kids tell me it's not. So whatever. <laughs> Every marketing meeting is just like people telling me I need a Snapchat account and I don't understand what that's for or like how desperately everyone likes pins. I don't even know what you do with a pin. I assume put it on the like bag I don't own. <laughs> I put them on my vest because I have a cool kid vest. So Man, do I need a cool kid vest? Well, I don't know. Like I'm an old punk. So I just kind of had vests. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I now go to Pilates every day and wear yoga pants, so maybe I'm just should give up on looking cool. I'll just listen to other people on making cool things. My fashion aesthetic is just long shorts and band shirts, so you're probably fine. <laughs> I do miss the days of just like I only wore this one ACDC t-shirt almost every day at uni because I was getting a math degree, so I didn't have to have social skills. And then I started a nonprofit and I literally fundraise for a living. So that's really unfortunate. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, speaking of your nonprofit and of course the tarot deck, like what are some ways that our, our fans can like engage with you and like find out more about Brink and Fiction and the tarot deck? That's great. Well, obviously, if you want to get a tarot deck, that would be great. You have insert number of days left to do so. <laughs> Correct. Um, but more than anything, if you're into stories, like just... Tell some of your friends about it. And if you want to pick up friction, it's great. The new issue has this comic I've been editing this morning by Rebecca Roanhorse. And it's so good. I just want to die. Uh, not that bad, but pretty close. 
Um, if you want to like volunteer at Brink, you can always go into prisons, but you can also do things like, you know, read for the magazine and stuff. So we have normal sort of things. You can go to brinklit.org. We're an organization, .org, uh, or frictionlit.org, or all of those things are available on the Kickstarter page. But mostly, thanks for liking stories and even answering that question. Awesome. Well, Dane, thank you so much for being on our show. Like, this project is really awesome to me. Like, I love stuff like this that that kind of combine, like, several of the things that I really enjoy into, like, one thing. Like, you know, I, I own several tarot decks. You know, I, I'm grossly obsessed with the occult because, you know. <laughs> I'm an idiot or whatever, but, but also like, I love classic literature. And I think there's, there's like so much out there that like people just don't engage with because they just don't know it's there. And I think it's really cool to take those two and until it makes something new. So good job. Congratulations on your Kickstarter. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for the time. It was really lovely to talk about someone who clearly cares about the same geeky shit I care about. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Man, I hope you guys really liked that. Uh, You can find Danny, just to reiterate, on uh, Twitter at DMHedland, H-E-D-L-U-N-D. Great way to keep up with what they're doing and what they're doing with Literary Tarot, which is on Twitter, too, at Literary Tarot. If you enjoyed this interview, you enjoyed anything that we do here at Thinking Outside the Long Box, please be sure to subscribe, uh, give us a like, and hit that little bell so that you don't miss a single video. Until next time, I'm Gabe. Check us out at TOTLB.com. Bye! Honestly, if we tried to name it something clever, and my COO was like, bitch, no. Just, <laughs> just name it what it sounds like. And I was like, oh, all right. Fine. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Make sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! Ha 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 ha!